hear the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and, and may go in and take possession of the, of the land the Lord God of your ancestors has given you. Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God I give, that I give you. You say with, you saw with your own eyes, you saw with your own eyes what the Lord did at Baal Pure. The Lord your God destroyed from among you everyone who followed the Baal of Pure, but all of you who held fast, who held fast to the Lord your God are still alive today. See, I've taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear all about these decrees and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him. And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today? Only be careful. Watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb when he said to me, Assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach them to their children. You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain while it blazed with fire to the very heavens with black clouds and deep darkness. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but saw no form. There was only a voice. He declared to you his covenant, the Ten Commandments, which he commanded you to follow, and then wrote them, wrote them on two stone tablets. And the Lord, the Lord directed directed me at the time to teach you the decrees and laws you are following in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Well done. Thank you, Anna. Well done. There you go. Okay, kids, you may find um, somewhere in the back pockets of some of the chairs in church, there are some clipboards and paces. Um, feel free to pass them around. Uh, if there are kids on your row or behind you or in front of you who would like to have one um, and don't. While I talk, I'd love you to listen. Um, you can kind of draw anything you like, but I wonder if some of you can draw for me um, a ship. I'd like you to draw for me a ship. I'm going to tell a story about a ship in a moment, and um, 
I'd like to see after church some of the ships that you've drawn. Are there any kids who'd like one who doesn't have one yet? Just give me a wave and we can try and... There's some back there. Any spare clipboards? We'd like to have another one back there. Um, any adults who would like some? You're welcome to participate in this as well, of course, if it helps you to uh, engage and focus. Thank you so much for, for your help. Yeah, great. All right, a ship, kids. That's what we're going to go for. At the outset of 2023, we're in the first week only, can I ask you, what is it that you want to happen most in your life this year? I, I, I bet there'd be, I mean, there'd 80 or 100 people here, there'd be a hundred things are different things out here. Can I suggest to you this morning two things that you and I, regardless of what we want, we need this year? I think most of us want them as well, but we certainly need them. Here are the two things I want to work with today. You need, and I need, to experience more of God at work in my life. <laughs> if you don't know God, you need to know him. If you do know him, you need to know more of him. Uh, how he is at work, how he is changing, filling, growing, Im improving your life. You, you need more of God at work in your life. I loved how that came out of your prayer, Ruth, without us consulting throughout the week. This is what we need and perhaps what we want. Second thing I think most of us need and want is you want your life to make a difference. You want your life to make a difference in this world. A difference to the people around you, your family, uh, your friends, uh, your siblings, the community in which you live. A positive difference in this world. More of God in my life, my life making a difference. Here's my question then. Yep, let's assume that this is what we need, this is what we want. What needs to happen? What needs to happen in you? What needs to happen in me? How do we get there? How do I get more of God in my life? How's my life making a greater difference this year? Okay? I'm going to tell you three things today. I'm going to tell you what needs to happen. I'm going to tell you why that's important at a deep level, I'm going to tell you how it can happen. Just at least as much as this passage that we read this morning shows us about those things. What needs to happen? Why is it really important? How can it happen? What, what do we learn from Deuteronomy? Deuteronomy, by the way, is an old part of the Bible. It taught Israelites, we're in a much later stage of human history. We know a little bit more about how God works than perhaps they did, but we can still learn a lot from them. So, so we're going to look at their experience, but plug it into our experience in a fuller and more stronger sense. What needs to happen? Why? How can it happen? Okay. Ready to go? Cool. Number one. Turn your remote on. And then... <laughs> okay. 
What needs to happen? You and I need to respond to God's love for us by living the way he wants us to live. Can I suggest to you that the word respond is the key word in that point? You see, a response means something else has already happened. (laughs) God has already done something. In fact, always when it comes to encountering more of God, it's him who starts the process. He begins it. He starts it. We're always to begin with on the responding end to what he has already done. Okay, what, what has God done for you this year? I'd like to tell a story. I think I've told it before here, but it's worth telling again if I have. It's a story of a little boy who once built uh, a ship. That's kids why I'm asking you to draw me a ship because I want you to take this little picture home today and stick it somewhere where you can remember the story maybe. He built this fantastic ship, spent quite some time of a whole year to put it together. It was quite intricate, it was quite detailed, it was a sailing ship. Uh, He spent a lot of money, he spent a lot of time to put this wonderful wooden ship together. And then one day he went down to... A canal where he lived, I picture this European town where he used to live and, and he wanted to sail the ship that he bought. Kids, do you build boats sometimes? Have you ever built boats? Hands up if you've ever built a boat. Yes. Okay, hands up if you've ever lost one of the boats that you built. Anyone ever lost? Yeah, Ryan has. Uh, <laughs> so what happened to this little guy? He went to sail his ship on this stream And all of a sudden, a violent wind rose, clouds rolled in, and try as he might, he lost his ship, blew away. Little boy was devastated, destroyed, went home in that state, and would you believe it, a week or so later, (laughs) he walks through town, still quite depressed, spots his boat in a shop window of a pawn shop, an up shop. (laughs) And he knows it's his boat because he knows every detail and intricate thing that he's put on that boat, right? It's quite a boat. He runs in, shopkeeper and says, that's my boat. (laughs) And I want it back. (laughs) The shopkeeper says, well, you can have it back. For a hundred dollars. That's what it's going to cost you. Oh, it's not, someone brought it in. I bought it off them. I'm selling it. It's worth a hundred bucks. I've been fishing with Ryan this weekend. I think his boat's worth a hundred bucks as well. <laughs> Maybe two hundred. But a hundred bucks for that kid was a lot of money. In fact, he had to go home, empty out every single coin he had. In fact, probably had to agree to work extremely hard for a long time at home for mum and dad to pay him till he could scrounge together the hundred bucks. Once he had it, he walked in that shop, handed over his money, <laughs> grabbed his boat, 
It's an emotional story, really. He walked out and he hugged his boat and he said, you are mine. You are twice mine. I made you and I bought you. You know, the truth is that if, this, if you are a child of God's, that's true of you. And if you're not, this should be true of you, that you should know this. That you were made and bought. Made by God to be a version of yourself who you weren't and couldn't be, none of us, because I'm sinful. You are sinful. And our sin, like that storm, deserves... For us, being blown away, lost forever, and yet God, in his love, would not let the judgment that we deserve fall on us. No. He sends his son. He lets that judgment fall on his son, instead of on you. (laughs) So that if you believe it, you're his. You're back. That sin barrier between you and God does not exist anymore. You literally become, in the Bible's words, a child of his, redeemed, bought, purchased back again, sitting in a loving, living relationship with the God who made you so that you can experience him at work in your life. Friends, this is what God has done. He began the work. Israel's story that we read about, sets the pattern. God tells him how they should live when he gives them the Ten Commandments only after he has already taken them out of slavery. Saves them. There's a lot of history there, but he first saves them and then he tells them, this is how you should live. It's true for you today. It's true for me. This needs to happen in me and in you if we are to know and experience God in our lives. Respond to his love for you. And respond by living the way he wants you to live. (laughs) It's not a theoretic response. It changes every aspect of your life. (laughs) Changes how you think. Changes how you speak. Changes what you want. Changes everything you think your life is about. Live the way that God wants you to live. Why? Because you get what he has done for you. Once you get it, you'll quickly realize there is nothing that you could possibly do that would you know, be an inappropriate response to what God has done for you. That's why we live the way he wants us to live. That's what he is inviting you into. He wants 2023 to be the year where there's great strides in how you live for him because you understand what he's done for you, right? That's what needs to take place. Some of you might say, well, okay, that's good, but I'm still not really convinced. Why would I do this? Why would I take this step? Why would I do something so drastic? 
Is it worth it? Is it worth becoming such a religious fanatic, perhaps, is what you might be thinking? It's so all-consuming. So that my entire life is about living the way that God wants me to live. Is it worth it? Why would I do that? Right? Here's why. (laughs) Because you want to live and not die. That's a short answer. Did it strike you that bit in the passage in verse 3? There's a bunch of Israelites who see what God has done for them. They see how he's rescued them. They understand the the magnitude of what they have in in God. And then they totally just turn their backs on him. They they, they reject him. They cheat on him. There's history to that, but suffice it to say, they totally turn their backs on God. They say, God, you're not real. You're not good. It's not worth it living for you. We're just not going to pay any attention to you. And so they do a whole heap of stuff that God explicitly told them not to do. And God's reaction to that is quite severe. This is quite severe. You saw what I did, God says, uh, destroyed from among you everyone who followed this other God, this other way of thinking and living. (laughs) Does that disturb you? it, It does me. I think there's a couple of questions out of that. You know, the question is, that's quite disgusting. Can God do that? Will God do that? We could probably spend days on that answer, but I'll give you the short version. It's not disgusting what God did to those. What is truly disgusting is what we do to God. The rejection of the love of God for us is a betrayal more grotesque and disgusting than we would ever realise. An unrequited love, or a love that we cheat on. (laughs) It's unfathomable in how unjust and disgusting that is. Right? That takes a bit of getting used to, but the deeper you delve into your own heart, the more you will realise how unworthy it is of God's love. How surprising it is that he saves us at all, really. Now the question you might have is, but surely God has changed. Surely today he is not like that anymore. That happened in the old days. It, didn't happen, it doesn't happen anymore. God doesn't judge like that anymore. The response for not... Res- uh, uh, God's response if we choose against him is not like this anymore. We used to think that, but we don't do that anymore. Uh, can I suggest to you, That is just not true at all. It's not true at all. Here's a verse from Romans in the New Testament. It talks about humanity. It says, Although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but in their thinking they became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And then listen to this. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. God gave them over to shameful lusts. Let me illustrate. Shameful lusts. Let's talk about, you can talk about any issue, but I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about screen dependence. 
Who are the Netflix fans? Who are the TikTok fans? Who are the YouTube fans? Who are the gamers? Like, oh, yeah, a few hands going up. Same for me. Um, screen dependence, for instance, is a massive issue. Now, I'm not going to talk about screen dependence. I could take any other issue, but we'll work with this because it's common of our culture, right? We get addicted to our screens. Whether it's to TikTok, whether it's addicted to gaming, or whether it's addicted to YouTube, or all of the above, this is so prevalent in our culture. Um, now, listen, listen to me. This is a, it's really a lust of sorts. I just want more of this. It's unrestrained. It's uncurbed. There's no boundaries around it, right? Now, here's what happens when you start getting really addicted to this stuff. All of a sudden, I don't sleep anymore. Because I'm always on my screen, I never exercise anymore, so I start developing a lot of health issues, physical bodily health issues. Because I'm also isolating myself all the time, I get lonely, isolated, guilty even. More than that, we know from psychology, and Chris has done wonderful workshops for us on this, that your brain actually starts to change physically. Part of your brain, then amygdala becomes overactive. You can't even shut it off after some years of unrestrained screen time and gaming and all that sort of stuff. Your behaviour starts to change as you become aggressive. You start hurting other people around you. Husbands destroy their wives and their marriages. Children, their relationship with their parents and with other siblings. Here's my question for you. See what's happening here? After some years of my addiction to this my brain changes, my physical changes, I am more dead than what I was before. In fact, I'm just becoming deader and deader and deader and deader until the point where I'm going to die physically. And then the spiritual reality is if this is going to kick in in a life without God. Instead, <laughs> God says to the Israelites, to you, to me, today. Choose life. Why would you do this? <laughs> Why would you, after knowing what God has done for you, knowing who he is, knowing that he loves you, knowing that he seeks to fill you with his spirit and then start embarking you on a transformational journey where he is going to make you into a new person who thinks differently, who thinks better, who loves stronger. Every step along the way of following God, you, instead of becoming deader and deader, becomes alive, more alive, more alive, more alive, until the point where you will pass away and you live in an abundance of an eternal life with God. Why would you go God's way? Because you want to live. Because you're not an idiot. Why would you be that? It, 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 is, it, is, it is an incredibly simple thing in many ways. And I know it's complex. And I know it's not as easy as all that. And I know also that God is incredible in providing the immense power for you as part of his love for you to work your way out of a life moving towards death into a life moving towards life, right? Here's Moses' words to the Israelites at the end of Deuteronomy. I'll read them because they're so powerful. He says this, he says, this day, and it could well be this day, right now, I call the heavens and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. 
blessings and curses. Now choose life. Choose life. That you and your children may live. That you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, hold fast to him, for God is your life. (laughs) Choose life. That's why we respond to the gospel. That's why it's worth it. So I invite all of us today again to go that way in 2023. How do we do it? I'll do this fairly quickly because I want to elaborate on it the next two weeks. How does this happen? How how does God do this, really? Um, For the sake of time, I'm going to go a little bit quicker here. All right? Verse 10. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb when he said to me, Assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may revere or learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach them to their children. We're going to talk more about how we teach God's ways to our children next week and the week after. Today, I'll just pull one thing out. You notice that word, assemble the people before me. In Israel's case, there was this incredible gathering at a place called Mount Sinai where God showed himself to them, where he spoke to them, where he spoke his words, these Ten Commandments, spoke to his people. When God speaks in the Bible, it's never about words conveying information. His words actually does stuff. Miracles, if you will. Creation, how does God create the word? Well, he speaks it. When he speaks, something happens. Something changes. Always. And so here stands Israel at Sinai and God speaks to them. It's the word for church. Gather. Assemble. What's supposed to happen here every Sunday when we gather? God speaks. Not just information, but change. Filling. Convicting. Transformation. Encouragement. Comfort. (laughs) How will it happen for you this year? How will you grow deeper into more of God in your life? Live a difference? It's not the magic formula, but a big part of it is come to church. (laughs) Gather with other people. And beyond that, we can go further to look at the church, and we will, because we know we've got to grow in a lot of this stuff. What does it look like to gather in smaller groups to pray? What does it look like to gather with a mentor? What does it look like in my family? All of this is part of the answer. Gather the people before me to hear my words, right? You may say, that's good for Israel. They had a mountain and fire and clouds and God literally spoke to them. What about us? You've got something far better. Something they would have died to have. (laughs) God's own spirit living in you. (laughs) They never had that. You know, every time we get together, every time we hear the word, someone's working in you. And if you want him to, he will. 
more and more and more. God's Spirit himself. Friends, God wants to give you life. He wants to be at work in your life in a way that you know it. And through that, he wants to change the world around you. Concluding words, look how it's stated in the passage. Observe my words carefully, God says, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations. (laughs) Your life will make a difference if you observe carefully God's words. I've been to the funeral this year of three women. Remarkable women. You might know who they are if you come to Pathway. Their lives made an enormous difference. Not a single child of theirs or person who I've spoken to wouldn't say they changed the world. Humble, unassuming, quiet, difference maker. You know what they had in common? They didn't Some of them knew each other, some didn't. (laughs) They observed carefully the words of God. You want to be a mother like that? You want to be a child like that? Father like that? Difference making in the lives of your children? Of your spouse? (laughs) Do this. And secondly... People around Israel will say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? God wants to be near you when you pray. That you know he's there. That you know when he speaks to you. You know when he comforts you. You know when he challenges you because he is with you. Right? Back to the beginning. God wants you to have more of him this year. And God wants to take your life and make a greater difference with it this year. Would you respond to him? Maybe it's your first time. Simply pray today, God, move into my life. Maybe it's the hundredth time. God, let me see it better, brighter, deeper. Change me. I want life. And then go and do it. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you've done everything, everything necessary. We confess and we declare that we are frail, we struggle. We don't grasp the depth of what the gospel means. Help us. I pray for my brother or for my sister who is unsure about this. May today be the day where they pray and ask you directly the simple prayer. Lord God, show yourself to me and give me life. Father, for those who know this, but in the constant battle of human weakness, may 2023 be the year that no matter what our circumstances are, there's a great deepening in us of experiencing you. A greater joy, a greater gratitude, greater repentance. Whatever it is, will you do it? Will you help us? (laughs) And Father, thank you for your remarkable promises in the Scriptures. 
but you who began the good work in each of us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to respond with one more song and then I'll uh, close off for us. Thank you, music team. Your word. So let's stand and sing.